welcome back to the carpool in this icy, icy day. Oof. Yikes. Cold. Yeah, this winter yeah. season's been getting colder and colder, but don't worry, we have some hot cards to throw at you from Cold Snap. Definitely. We are your hosts, Stu and Kyle, and we are back for another segment of the hidden gems of Cold Snap. This time, numbers five through one. We're going all the way to the top. Yep, we're talking Everest, baby, and we're bringing you with us. So let's get going, Stu. Why don't you lead off with your number five? All right, well, if it's Everest, you definitely have to worry about gravity because we're going to be talking about Icefall. Hmm. So <laughs> this card at number five is a sorcery. It costs four mana, two generic, and double mountains. And it reads destroy target artifact or land, which is a very red effect. But it has the recover ability, which we don't see a lot of in Magic. So for two additional red, when a creature is put into your graveyard from play, you can pay this cost. And if you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand. And if you do not, remove this card from the game. So this is very interesting because mm. Typically, red does not have a whole bunch of recursion reanimator effects unless they are phoenixes. Because they just have ways to return themselves to your hand on their own. Or it's Underworld Breach, which still, that, 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 that's that card is in red is so that's absurd, a, yeah, but whatever. But it's a fresh thing. Red typically doesn't have much, like, sure, past in flames. But then afterwards, it's like tribal-esque kind of yeah. stuff where you need artifacts. So this is something that's really good because, again, a one-shot effect you want to be able to get a little bit more out of your mana for an EDH. So being able to go ahead and get this effect over and over again, and again, you can also hit an artifact or a land, those are two big permanents that you want to be able to ice out. And this card does ice them out. It does indeed. This is very interesting because I've never been sure how good of an ability Recover is because I never have the guts to try and use it. <laughs> it's just interesting because honest. you have to be prepared to use it any time a creature might die. And therefore, you know, because if you don't time it right, you just lose the card. Yeah. So it forces you into, I think, potentially making bad decisions in the game just for the sake of trying to preserve this card. Yes and no. So, like, it depends on the deck. So, like, this is something, like, you would, if you're using Madness, you wouldn't mind using this. You're not necessarily using a lot of creatures, per se. You're using a lot of effects. Right. So if you're not using a very creature-heavy deck, the downfall of this really isn't there unless your commander were to die. But again, like, if you use Beast Within, you use Lightning Bolt, right? Mm -hmm. Are you really using that knowing that you're going to try to get it back? You're using it for a specific targeted removal. So if you get only one effect out of it, it's not so bad. Yeah, but those generally cover a lot more ground than this. This just targets two different permanent types. Yeah, sure. One of which I don't usually end up targeting in games of Commander anyway. Because lands? just blowing up people's lands randomly is not something I like to do. Well, but there are lands that need to die. So this is a card that answers both problems, an artifact and a land. And again, those are the two biggest problem permanents. So again, it, the whole point of this is not to be afraid to lose this card. It's the fact that you can regain this card. And that's what really makes this card shine. Like a deck like Jaya Ballard, for example, the not the planeswalker, the creature, hmm. you're always discarding cards. So this is something you can go ahead and lose it and then get it back later because it has to leave from the field not the hand. So you can go ahead and put as many creatures in the grave as you want. It's not going to affect this. That is very true. And it's it's very interesting, these kind of recover cards. So if you can use them in a deck, I'd be very interested to know which ones you do because there are quite a few of them and some are somewhat more useful than yeah, others. Let us know down below if there's any commanders you use that these kind of cards do shine at. But moving on to your number five, Kyle, what do you Indeed, got? Indeed, we're going to revisit another similar mechanic here. We're going with Herald of Leshrac for my number five. So this is a seven mana avatar creature. It's two four with flying. 
and it has a cumulative upkeep cost, which again, at the beginning of each one of your upkeeps, you put an age counter on the card, and then whatever its cumulative upkeep cost, you do it. However, this one is not a cost to you, it's actually a cost to your opponents. The cumulative upkeep here is gain control of a land you don't control. Yeah, that's pretty good. Then Herald of Leshrac gets plus one plus one for each land you control but don't own. And of course, when it leaves play, you give all those lands that you took back to their owners. So this is very, very interesting card. Of course, seven mana is a lot of mana to play. However, this is an extremely powerful ability for a black deck, or really any deck, to have. Stealing other people's lands for free every turn in increasing amounts, no less. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, you can target one player, then target another, and go for there and there, and just, like, yeah. wind them down. Like, sure, you see Deadeye Na Navigator and... Uh, Venser, go ahead and return everyone's lands. Right. It's different when you're able to just take them all. Sure, if this creature dies, gets bounced, flickered, cyclonic, any of that stuff, they'll all go back and it feels bad about that. However, they're wasting stuff on this little guy, which, again, it, you're forcing them to make plays they don't want to do, and that's what this thing really does. And the longer he's out there, the bigger boost you get because... Well, you're, at some point, you're going to be doubling your mana. Yeah, and then, of course, black decks sometimes don't have a lot of ways to deal with problem permanence, especially, like, lands, sure. things that aren't creatures. Here's your solution. Just start start taking all their good lands from them. Yep. Yeah, so, they finally got their yeah. first response of tarnish enchantments. So now lands is probably close on the list next. Yeah, very, very interesting card, really. I, I, I really like it. So moving on to mine number four. So... We have a card here that is called Rhyme Scale Dragon. Now this is another creature that costs seven mana, five generic and double red for a snow creature dragon with a five five body. So like all dragons, it has flying, but it has two other effects as well. The second being one that uses snow mana, two generic and a snow mana. You get to go ahead and tap target creature and put an ice counter on it. And again, Snow mana can only be produced by basic lands or whatever lands that say that they have a snow type tied to them to do that. So Actually, just... in Kaldheim, there are snow creatures and snow artifacts that produce mana, so they can count as oh, well now. Oh, that's actually good to note. I did not realize that. So yeah, so, so mana dorks can actually go ahead and feed this cost. But the other effect on this is creatures with ice counters on them do not untap during their controller's untap step. Very unusual for this to be in red because typically we see this effect in blue or in white. This is a control-like effect. Now again, this will take a lot of mana to go up and do that. One, you need to have the dragon come out into play, and then two, you need to be able to go ahead and pay three mana for this effect. However, there are ways to cheat this in. Dragon Tribal is a huge, huge thing in Commander, and it's always been in Magic Society. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this is a card that just it breaks the mold a little bit for what red can do. It does, and that's why it's a snow creature, so it has that kind of additional ability. And I've never been a huge fan of the, you know, tap things down and freeze them kind of abilities. It's just not really my speed. I think there are a lot more efficient ways to deal with your problems sure. in a game. However, as you said, red rarely gets this kind of ability. So just that, knowing that alone, makes this worth consideration of some kind. I certainly don't think it's the best dragon of all time. However, if you're looking for kind of a niche, you know, use of, of a dragon then yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I agree with that. And again, also what you said with the whole thing of tapping, there are blanket effects where it's like, these creatures can now tap for mana or whatever like that. So being able to go right. ahead and tie it to a snow creature, very, that's, 
actually pretty cool. Did not even realize that, but there was actually a whole realm of possibilities to then create snow mana. Yeah, it reminds me from something out of Game of Thrones, though, like that undead ice dragon or something. So I, I don't know, maybe. I don't know, because <laughs> I didn't watch uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> but either way, going on to your number four, Kyle. All right, so my number four here, another large creature we're talking about, Panglacial Worm. Now this is a seven mana worm creature. Nine, five, and trample. That's pretty beefy. Also, when you're searching your library, you may play Panglacial Worm from your library. So That's so yeah, goofy. Yeah, that means if you're searching your deck for any kind of reason, like if I were to, you know, crack a, a Terramorphic Expanse and go looking for a basic land, if I happen to have seven mana open and this is in my deck, I can just be like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm spending seven mana getting a nine, five with trample. Yeah, it's... it's it yeah, it's wild. Yeah, this is a this is a weird card that shows up every once in a while in somebody's deck randomly. And like the reason I put this highly on my list is because a nine five with trample for seven. I mean that, that that's a very good stat per per cost ratio already. Uh... And anyway, just like it, it's great. It's great <laughs> if you're just well. It's great if you're just playing it. And then just that ability to pick it out of your deck anytime you're tutoring for something else, that just makes it even better. Well, it doesn't even also have to be when, like, you're tutoring by your choice. Like, an opponent can go ahead and, like, ghost quarter one of your lands, and then you're like, all right, well, right. response, I'll float the mana and use it for this. Yeah, this is kind of like what you see with the miracle cards. This is a cost that can mm -hmm. be superseded by the rules. You don't have to have something that can give this flash or anything else like that because its own effect makes it so it can be played quote-unquote, at instant speed, which is really unusual for, in well, one, in the game itself, but yeah. two, in green. And, yeah, this is wild. And I agree with what you're saying about the body. It has trample. It needs a big attack. This has a big attack. Yeah, so, it, so like, I would consider playing this just on its own as a powerful green card, even without the ability. However, with the ability, it just makes it, like, that much more interesting. Yeah. And it's it's honestly something that I wish I had, could see more of, because it's pretty cool. It really yeah, is. Yeah, but I do like the idea, if you make it a big, beefy creature, if, if you put this effect on red or anything else like this, I feel like to do this you would need a, a creature that's big. So it makes it so it feels bad if you draw it, but it feels good if you can get around that. Right, and you know, it, it is kind of, are there better creatures? Of course there are, but that, that added tutoring ability is just potentially, actually don't underestimate it because it could be, turn games around. It really yeah, could. 100%. And also the way how this works, if you're curious, like I had to look this one up on for like ruling, you before you target your tutor, you you pay for this, and then you tutor. It's hmm. so goofy in that regard. I was like, I would expect it, it to be the other odd. way around. <laughs> but moving on to my number four, if you have nothing else go to talk ahead, about with this ahead, one. Yeah. So my number four is a different kind of card. Not number four, three. Number three, actually, yeah. Yeah, my mistake. This is a creature card that's called Garza's Assassin. And I'm assuming I said that one right. Yeah, you did, actually. It, nice. Yeah, that's one point now. I'm getting up there. So this is a creature that costs three mana, triple black for a human assassin with a 2-2 body. Now, you can go ahead and sacrifice this creature at instant speed to, to destroy target non-black creature, which is very typical in black to make it so it's a kill spell that doesn't, you know, it's not cannibalistic in its own nature. However, it also has the recovery ability, which we talked about before. However, in this case, you pay half of your life rounded up. That's a hefty recovery, and I know what you're thinking right there. Uh, no, I yeah. don't want to do that. 
It is. It's very steep. It is. However, you don't have to climb that slope because you can go ahead and recur this thing back to the field or the hand in a variety of other ways because you are in black. Go True. ahead and play other reanimator stuff. But having a creature that can sack itself whenever you want to deal with a problem permanent, that's big, that's huge, especially for the fact you don't have to tap for this. There's no real contingencies on this card except the creature can't be black. That's very true. It is a decent card on its own, and the Recover is just kind of adding value to it. However, I wonder with Recover, you know, would this have been a better, would this have been, you know, any less balanced if they had just said, you know, instead of the possibility of it going away anytime one of your creatures died, couldn't it just sit around the graveyard and be like, oh, by the way, whenever one of your creatures dies, maybe you can get this back. Maybe you can't. It just sits there waiting for you to use it. I feel Is like that really broken in any way? I don't think so. I think it was the way that they wanted to make the card more balanced. Like, all right, like if we go ahead and give it this effect, there has to be some sort of caveat on this to make it so like, all right, you can't abuse this because at that point they were slowly realizing how cards can get abused very easily. I don't even think it's that abusable, though, especially if you had to pay half your life when you did it every single time. Like, really? Come on. Oh, you mean if the recover wasn't there, like as like an exile effect? You're talking about just in general, right? Just yeah, if it didn't exile itself, if you didn't use it, what if it just kind of sat around and you could use it or you didn't have to and it well, didn't matter? Well, think about it like this, right? You have a sack outlet, right? Like, let's say it's viscerous here. And you have this creature out. You sacrifice it to destroy some creature. Then you use Viscera Secret uh, to go ahead and sacrifice a token. That token dies. Right. You go ahead, you bring it back out. Then you can go ahead, play that back out again. Like You can use it as a different kind of sack out if you weren't going for scrying. Depending on what kind of thing you're trying to do with it, it's super mm -hmm. abusable because if you bring your life down to like 10... But you have to replay it every single time, too, so... Yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. But it's... I don't think it would be that broken. Recovers is kind of one of those abilities. I think they over compensated on trying to make it, you know, not broken and ended up being kind of lame. Well, but... again, this is also a different day in Magic, different time, different scary <laughs> cards. Like, I mean, remember when Stuffy Doll was like one of the scariest things yeah. in the world? And now you look at it and you're like, that's nothing. Yeah, but this is definitely one of the better recover cards for sure. One of the ones that I would definitely consider playing given the right circumstances. Yeah, I agree. It's just something I've just never seen it played. But moving on to your number three, Kyle. All right, well, my number three here is going to be Juniper Order Ranger, and this is a green and white creature. Five mana for a human knight with a two-four body. Whenever another creature comes into play under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature and a plus one, plus one counter on Juniper Order Ranger. So do you know what this reminds me of right off? Juniper Berries. Well, I mean, not only that, but five mana puts counters on everything. So when things come into play, uh, counts tokens. Cathar's Crusade. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say uh, doubling season. Well, I mean, I guess that could be part of it. That gets really <laughs> dumb if you do it with this. But no, this reminds me of Cathar's Crusade. And that's basically what it is. It's Cathar's Crusade, the creature version. But like, it's smaller. Not, it's not quite as powerful as that. But... It does help your, you know, tokens and other small creatures get bigger while this guy also gets huge. Yeah, but again, it puts a big target on this thing and it, well, all right, first of all, it's a great card to go ahead and put out counters on the field. If you need something to go ahead and generate counters, that's not just a land or a one-time effect, this is something that can go ahead and do this and it comes into play. Bouncing, flickering, all that other stuff, that will trigger this, which is great. It's mm -hmm. not a cast effect, so it doesn't have to be so heavy on the mana because this card is already five mana. Now, I know you really know about this card because of the knights, Kyle and his mm. knights. It is a pretty good knight, it is. 
Thank you. I thought I was having a very good night as well. Those jokes um, never get old. <laughs> <laughs> this is a decent card for what it does. Honestly, this is the kind of card you kind of wish you saw partner on because it's like, is it mm. that powerful? No, but as a commander, would that be interesting with something else? Definitely. 100%. And There's another one of those cards that we're going to talk about in a second, too, that uh, just kills me that it can't be your commander. But anyway. Soul Ring. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> obviously that. <laughs> All right, well, moving on to my number two. If you All right, yeah, go ahead. Go on to this guy. Now, this is a card. I've used it. I love it. It's a great card. And I didn't realize it was OG to this set. It is called Deep Fire Elemental. Now, this is a six-drop creature. Obviously, it is an elemental by its name. Name. It has a 4-4 body. It costs four generic and a, not Boros, a Rakdos, a red and a black. And it has only one effect. Pay X, X, and one. And if you do, destroy target, artifact, or creature with converted mana cost X. So this is a great hoser for problem permanence on the field. Sure, it will take a decent bit of mana for that. However, this is recurability in its finest form. Like, sure, you want to have an artifact, I mean, the instant or sorcery that you can reuse over and over again. You don't need to look any further. This can get rid of things multiple times over and over again. Especially you can double your mana, add a little green, or just pay one mana, destroy tokens. Their cost is zero. It's a great way to go ahead and just wipe them off the face of the planet. And it doesn't even tap to do it either, which just makes it so it, good. All you have to so do is good. pay mana to get rid of things that are that are big problems. And I love cards like this, honestly. That just, over the course of time, they just get better and better. And especially with the X in that cost, it scales you know, along with the game and can eventually 100%. get you know it can eventually get to the point where you could destroy basically anything. Well, and there's tons of things that go ahead and reduce activate abilities, which this is an activate ability. Mm -hmm. So you can go ahead and lower that cost right there. You can you copy the ability with with other things. Yeah. But also the good thing is is like the one thing people don't realize about this card. Sure, this is a late game card in every way to do it. However, this removes the early game cards from the board. Yeah. And that's the thing that most people miss. Like, sure, they have a soul ring out. For three mana, you take that down. But they have to rebuild what they lost on the soul ring in order to keep the speed. All right, now let's go ahead and get rid of one of their two-drop enchantments that are on the field, or like a two-drop equipment like Lightning Greaves. All right, that's going to cost a little bit of mana for you, but you're slowly chopping them into smaller pieces, mm -hmm. and it's going to make it so for them to stay up to speed with you, they have to kill this creature. Yeah, I like that, I like that metaphor there. That's good. <laughs> I, I'm not going very meta, Kyle. I don't nah. know. I'm kidding. I know what a metaphor is. I appreciate the compliment. Thank you very much. But yeah, I love this card. This is a card that I think is good outside of Elemental Tribal, if you actually are going to do such a thing. Like, go ahead, like, Rakdos, Lord of Riots, right? It, that deck's all about creating stupid amounts of mana. Plunge it into this guy and make it rain. Yeah. So... I have nothing else to go off with him. <laughs> so what is your number two, Kyle? All right. Well, my number two is, I love this card so much, and I wish it could be your commander. It's called Tamanoa. And this is a spirit that is actually three colors, oddly enough. You usually don't see those kind of, uh, that, that kind of combination in just any random set. Or old magic. Yeah, even. really. It's a, it's, it's red, green, and white. It costs three mana, and it's a spirit. Is a two-four and has this ability. Whenever a non-creature source you control deals damage, you gain that much life. I see where you're going with this one instantly. God, why? Why couldn't this be legendary? I'm like crying over here. Like, I would want this to be my commander so bad. Those are the worst tears I've ever seen. <laughs> this, could be, this could be such a cool commander. And 
it actually sees a little bit like uh, Firesong and Sunspeaker, yeah, like we close. have today, just in the Boros realm. It's very similar. So the, the idea of any kind of non-creature source that deals damage, like instants or sorceries, lands. enchantments, lands, anything that's not a creature, it becomes, basically has lifelink. That's amazing, potentially. Well, also Planeswalkers even. Like, we have some yeah. stuff deal two damage here, one damage yeah. here. And it's yada, not yada. just the players, it's damage to anything. Yeah, that's, Just think about that, it's, it's crazy. Super strong. Yeah, this is a creature, it could be a commander. Now, would it God, be a broken I commander? I don't think it would. I don't think it would be. I think it would just be cool. You know, it's something these colors don't get to do very often. No, because Nine is all about tokens predominantly. Yeah, mostly. Big creatures. Yeah. yeah. And which you already see, like, what? It's boring. Gruel, it's, it's mostly you see boring. The same kind of thing. Then, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Green. Yeah. Pretty much you separate them down. You don't get too much when you combine those colors together. Yeah. I agree. This would be something that would be really good for that. And it's a spirit. A spirit yeah. commander with something like that, it makes it interesting because is there tribal options? There's kind some, of. There's, yeah. <laughs> like, you have strong, good green spirits. Yeah. Seedborn Muse is a spirit, everybody. Like, white has tons of spirits, and red has some sort of stuff where it can be a weird kind of tacked on. So just like yeah, just like the Nephilim, this is one of those cards that like makes me want to go to my play group and be like, can I, can please? I please just can I please just say this is legendary because it'd be so cool. I agree. This so can I please maybe? <laughs> oh, that's this is the no, hundred percent no, hundred percent no. Fine. Yeah, you have to wait for them to print this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what your number one is, Stu. Let's get up there. All right, my number one. This is a card. If you would be making it in a head deck, you might have seen this before. It is called Fury of the Horde. Now, this is a sorcery that costs seven mana. We're we're very on theme with seven mana tonight. Um, it costs five mana, and that is generic and double red. And it reads: You may remove two red cards from your hand from the game rather than pay this card's mana cost. Go ahead and untap all creatures that attack this turn. After this main phase, there is an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. So this is pretty much adding an additional combat step in the game. And for, again, like in Neheb, they're all about going ahead and creating additional combat steps. This way you can get more mana, do more shenanigans, and hopefully win the game even quicker. But the thing that shines with this one, sure, this is a one-shot effect, but it can be free. It can be quote-unquote free as long as you have two red cards in your hand. And I'll tell you one thing. Do you sometimes want to just get rid of two cards in your hand to get something for free? Yes. Definitely. Yes. Every, every time I get the chance, yes. However, you don't really see this in red. You see this in blue. You see this in black. Well, because it's kind of, it's not quite as good as taking an extra turn, but, you know, extra combat steps are historically very good and ripe for all kinds of abuse. I honestly think that if you're just playing this for seven mana as a sorcery, it's not good. There are way better cards than this that do the exact same thing. However, the free part is, of course, where it matters. Well, it does shine more. You don't have to go through and worry as much. You don't have to worry about paying seven mana and having it countered and being like, that's my turn. Right. <laughs> so, but like with Neheb, who's going ahead and creating oodles, oodles of noodles yeah. of red mana, <laughs> let's just ragu in a cup right there. That's 100% something that's not hard to go ahead and cast. So if you are low on card count, you can go ahead and make this as something as like, 
what you can deposit all that mana into. And I'm not totally in love with this card because honestly, there are so many different spins on the, you know, you get an extra combat step at this point. These spells are a dime a dozen. They're all the oh, same. They're not a dime a dozen. They're but, a dime a 50 but cent piece. this is probably one of the better ones, if not the best one, simply because it can be free. And getting an extra combat step for free is very, very good. Well, we see it with creatures and we see it with enchantments. Both of those are stronger types than this. However, red has ways to go ahead and return instant and sorceries from the graveyard. Does, yeah. So you can take that into an effect as well. So like, sure, yeah, if you pass in flames this, you get it for an additional time, but only once only. Right. But you again, there's a lot of other things out there. If you go ahead and you pair this with blue, how many easy ways can you recur this? A bunch. Yes, it's it's interesting. It's not. I don't love these kind of extra combat step cards when they're when they're you know instants and sorceries. But hey, this is one of the better ones. Yeah. Like I said, it's something to note. This is one of the least seen out of them. But again, you don't need just in the head deck. This works great in a lot of other things like an Alesha or anything else that just cares about attacking, and that's all that matters. But moving on to your number one, Kyle, what would you say is better than this? Well, my number one is actually also a red card, but is a little bit, I would say, more widespread in its use. Thermopod. Love this card. And this is, of course, a, a five mana, four colorless, one red, four, three, snow slug. Yeah. Yes, this is a slug. Can I don't you think, dig it? I don't think there are any other cards in the game that have the slug creature type. I'd have to look at that, though. Uh, Babe Ruth definitely yeah, is. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Just a slugger. So it has two abilities, the first being a little bit more narrow. For one snow mana, Thermopod can gain haste until the end of the turn. Haste is good, you know, that's, a, that's an alright ability. But, sacrifice a creature, add one red to your mana pool. Oh, because history has proven that, you know, oh, just converting creatures into mana, that's not broken at all. No, we've never regretted that. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Uh, this is an amazing card. Uh... This would have been on my list if it wasn't already on your list. Well, we had to kind of fight for our list in this set. I, I get, know that we did. Kyle but. chose this set. He gets first pick. But. And honestly, he chose almost all the right cards. <laughs> Not <laughs> well, all of you. them, but, but a good thank bit. You. This is definitely, I would say, hands down the best hidden gem in the set. Because, that, like I said, just the, the power of that ability. Sacrificing creatures to convert them into mana is really, really broken. And it's just another one of those additions to this like a skirk prospector or you know a phyrexian altar even though that's not a creature it's kind of a similar thing it's the thing. same idea it's just waiting to be exploited by somebody well the thing is like this creature is going to draw hate and it's going to die you can sack it to get mana that's on true. itself yeah, which is itself, something that's yeah. very good the haste on this card really isn't thing that matters because no. red has haste in spades and it's going to get it in an easier way you can do something where it's global or like a hammer of perforos and it can just go ahead and do whatever but like you said converting creatures to mana like look at goblins they do it on their own you could throw this in there just as a tech card just oh as definitely an option, would, yeah. and you could do it because it, usually they're like Instant, there's usually sorceries that have that effect. Like some goblins have that effect tacked onto yeah. them too, but it has to be more specific. This can be any creature. So if you go ahead and produce, again, tons of creatures, this is the way to go. Yeah, and like Kaikar, you know, you make tokens and sacrifice them for mana when you play non-creature spells. I mean, sure. again, yet another place where this card could potentially be good. 100%, yeah, I totally agree with you with that. The thing is, is we also see in red, they have a way to transform life into mana. You pay three life, you get one red. Yeah. Which one's better? Honestly, I, well, I'd say the life because, you know, you just all you have to do is pay that. You don't have to have anything else in play. So. They're both pretty decent. But again, turn five, something like that. I don't know. 
Let us know which one you would like more. Would you rather pay life to get mana, or would you rather lose creatures to get mana? Especially on something that can sack itself. Usually, we see a lot more now where creatures cannot sack themselves, because Wizards are like, well, hey, yeah. <laughs> you weren't supposed to think about that. It's like, oh. Either way, though, Either way, though great card. So yeah, 100% a great card, one. and I'm glad you brought it out. This is great. Um... I don't have anything more to say about no, So that is going to wrap it. up our segment for our Hidden Gems here today. So that is going to go on to our money card section for Cold Snap. We'll be bringing out the big guns for the wallets. Indeed. And until then, you can find us all over social media. We've got a page on Reddit with our own subreddit dedicated to our content. We're on Tapped Out. You can see all of our awesome deck lists there. And you can, of course, find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. And we're all at the handle, The Card Pool. So check it out. Look us up. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, let us know. And if you learned a card today that you would be like, hey, I liked it, give us a like at least. And if you really are like, hey, what else do these guys know? Not much, but we can find good stuff. So follow <laughs> us, give us a subscribe, and see where this adventure takes us. But until then, I'm Still. And I'm Kyle. And we'll, and we'll see, see you, you next time, time at, at The, the Card Pool. pool. Yeah, this slug, like... How about that slug? That slug, it's just, oh, if I was a bird, I'd be hunting that slug. <laughs>